Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Back in the saddle at 6.09 a.m. on Wednesday morning, the first day of March. And there's snow to greet you this morning. March uh, has come in like a lion. Sure did. That's Chris Walton over there. I'm Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper, who is still vacationing in Cancun. <laughs> Can't Boy, blame bad, him right now. Bad timing on his part. He missed all this great yeah. snow. I I was a bit surprised uh, when I got the alert of the winter weather warning. Uh, I was on from about 5 p.m. last night until about 5 o'clock this morning. Um, did see a little bit of snow last night. Last night was volleyball night for my my daughter. I take her to volleyball and then usually we sit around, wait until practice is over, and then drive her home. And there was snow both going and coming back, but it wasn't the the kind that sticks and you know makes things really slushy and it didn't make for a hard drive. So I thought that's about what we were going to get <laughs> this morning at two thirty in the morning when I got up and looked out the window. I was like, oh crap. <laughs> mm-hmm. Looks like we I got to bit my my big boy boots on and go out and brush we, the snow off. We had a blanket yeah. of snow, about yeah. three inches worth, I think. I talked to uh, Ron O'Brien this morning before we went on the air. He confirmed that there was quite a bit of snow uh, on the other side of Caldwell, okay. about three to six inches out around that vicinity. Uh, as you head out towards Ontario and Oregon, you'll find a little bit more snow. Uh, in Caldwell, Napa area, it was... About three, three and a half inches. That's uh, I'm I'm out that direction, closer to Caldwell, Napa area, and it was about three inches of snow on the ground that I had to brush off the Bronco this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and here in Boise, there was I would say was two inches. You could just say it, Nathaniel. What is it? Two and a half, three inches here in Boise. Yeah, enough for me to brush off the snow here on the porch as we were coming into work. So. Mm. You know, yeah, I'm taking all the credit I can get. I brushed the snow off at home and I, I brushed the to, snow off at the office. That's right. I had to sit Hard there. Work. I had to sit there in the van this morning and, and watch Debbie brush all the snow off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris Walton. I told her I would do it and she says, no, I've, I've I got, got it. it. So I just sat down. Well, you know, more power to you if you got somebody who wants to brush the snow. And, I don't like know, to argue even in the name of chivalry. I hear you. I hear you. Well, more power to you, like I say. Thank you. Uh, if you're headed to school this morning, yeah, you should do that. I've heard of one school that decided to cancel. Valley View School District has decided to make it a snow day. At last check, I did get a phone call from them this morning. So, but nothing else. Looks like you're all going to school. Hmm. So get the kids up. You probably Bulletin. want to get out the door a bit early, though, today. Bulletins as they happen, which, by the way, is you know pretty much always our policy. Yeah. Unless you hear differently, go to school. Yeah. Unless you hear differently, go to work. Unless you're unemployed. Yeah. If something does happen where they start canceling, though, we'll let you know about it. But as of right now, we have only seen the, the one school district, Valley View, call for a snow Seem, day. Seems like the sort of day where people might start. Closing because we did get a blanket of snow. Well, I, I think it's all about how does uh, how, how do roads look? How yeah. are buses going to get around? And that's usually what it comes down to. Can the mm-hmm. buses get out? Can they get around? 
if you had enough planning time where you had, you know, the plows out on the road and, and things are okay, then yeah, you can do that. If you're going to have a real hard time though, that's, that's a different story. So I can't tell you what's different at Valview, but I can tell you that I haven't had any other phone I, calls. I can tell you what's different. It. The schools are closed. Yeah. Well, not, not the ones here in Boise though, not the ones in Meridian okay. go to school. But if that changes, of course, we'll let you know. We'll put that on the website as well. Uh, it is 6.13 in the morning. We're going to start sports a little bit early today because, I we mean, have, when have you have a game like last night, it, it could be the lead, but you got to talk about snow first. But I really want to talk about basketball, for crying out loud. Brought to you by the Pork Belly. There are, there are at least two reasons this morning the San Diego State guys are glad to get back home. If you're ready for something different, swing in for an amazing espresso and food with a twist. Open every day, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. The Pork Belly in downtown Cuna will not disappoint. Chef Wally is the new... No, he's not the culinary consultant anymore. He's the head chef over there. Chef Wally's the head chef. That's cool. He got a promotion. That's right. They did some brand new... Clam chowder on Friday last week, and I guess they sold out of it for the first oh, time. It's my favorite it's kind of clam pork chowder. belly clam chowder, which means it's got more bacon in it. Dude. All right, sports. You're looking at Boise State last night. The number 18 team in the country is San Diego State, and they're really good, folks. They are really good. So when the Broncos are down at halftime, By I'm three. thinking that this, this could be... A good, fun second half to watch, and it sure was. Bob Beeler talks about the Bronco getting a the Broncos getting a big boost and coming from behind last night to win. Max Rice scored 11 points in a row down the stretch to fuel a 14-0 run to close the game in the last four minutes and 42 seconds. Rice had three threes plus a steal that led to a layup, and that earned the team the 23rd win of the season. Rice said his 26-point performance against the Aztecs was better than his 30-point game against New Mexico. Oh, no question. This one is not close. This yeah. one was way. It's against uh, one of the best teams in the country. They're 18th yeah. in the country. Uh, Sold-out crowd. It's what you absolutely dream of as a kid. Um, and to do it in front of, I had some family members here from out of town, but it was just, it was a very surreal experience. And The Broncos are still alive for a share of the Mountain West regular season championship. They need a win at Utah State Saturday, while San Diego State must lose to Wyoming as well. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. <sighs> what here's, a here's, fun game to watch. Here's how different it was from the San Jose State game. San Jose State had more than 50 rebounds. Yeah, they smoked us on the board. Against Boise State. Last night, San Diego State had 22 rebounds. Man. Well, I guess they fixed that problem. Yeah. <laughs> so it would seem. Nice job. Here's my question. I, I looked at this from uh, Mike Prater with the ticket yesterday. He says, think about this when you go to bed tonight. Max Rice has at least 35 to 40 more games in a Boise State uniform. Cool. Wow. He gets a super senior year because of COVID. Is that how that works? I don't know. Well, I'm I'm stoked. That's that's pretty cool. But 35 to 40, apparently. But he was the difference last night. End of next season. In the last three minutes of the game, Max Rice. Of course, he also banked in a three-point shot, which was total slop. (laughs) But I'll take it. 
Nice win for the Broncos. Did, did he call the bank? I don't think so. Yeah. And maybe somebody on the bench did. It's like, that's banking in. <laughs> it did. It was ugly, but it went down. All right. Good win, Broncos. We'll talk more about it throughout this morning. KBOI News Time is 617. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 622, good morning. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper along with Chris Walton. We welcome you to the first day of March where snow is all over the place. Looking at uh, some of the cameras uh, on your drive to, uh, you know, wherever it is you're headed this morning. Definitely going to want to take a little bit more time to get where you're going. It is a little slick out there. It's not the worst we've ever seen it. Honestly, I thought it was worse the other day when it just froze really, really bad. Yeah, it was slipperier. Yeah. More more slippery. What's the word? More slippery. Much more slick. Yeah. Slick. Though. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was worse, I noticed. So this morning, you, you'll find that there is snow, especially in your neighborhoods that probably never see a plow. But, you know, you get outside your neighborhood. If you can do that, you're going to find that the roads are in pretty good shape today. It's just a matter of getting there. And that's why we haven't seen a lot of school closures. That's why we haven't... Uh, Maybe seen as many accidents as we would normally see on a day where snow falls. But Mm -hmm. it it is slick. It's just not as icy as we have seen it. Hopefully that will, you know, be a trend that continues today. 29 outside right now, and you are going to find ice. It's just a matter of where do you find it and how bad is it going to be. The roads, I guess, were treated pretty good, Ron said. Well, that's good. By the way, if you need to be somewhere by about 8 o'clock this morning, you might want to leave soon. Yeah, I mean, give yourself lots of time today. There are going to be lots of uh, vehicles moving slowly, a lot of them sliding off. Well, I think the the time of day that I think it gets the worst is when high schools start because you have, you know, mostly teen drivers that are out that may not drive as well in the snow. Maybe driving for the first time. I mean, you don't know. That's the time where I think traffic gets... You know, Mm -hmm. the most sketchy. But, you know, for the most part, you give yourself plenty of room. You slow down a little bit. You you take care of you and the people that are around you, and you you do just fine. But, yeah, this is when traffic starts to peak out a little bit. I I was reading about uh, there's going to be a lot more moon missions coming up this year. And over the next, excuse me, over the next 10 years, there are supposed to be a lot more lunar missions not just with NASA, but with some of the European Union. And you I mean, guess China has decided with, they're... With people on them? Possibly. Because we haven't done that in 51 years. That is correct. Lunar missions. More are on the horizon, and the European Space Agency wants to give the moon a time zone. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I think that's weird. Apparently, because there are so many different agencies that are going to be having these lunar missions, Mm -hmm. they everybody gets confused about who's there and who's when. What time are you going to be on the moon? I don't know. Four p.m. lunar time. I mean, is that that how you figure that out? Now, normally, they grapple with this problem because. Do they have the the time 
the lunar time basically is whoever is running their mission. So if you have a mission from China running, it's on China time or whatever the, the you know time zone is there. If you have a mission from the United States, it's on whatever U.S. time it is. And mm-hmm. I don't even know what that is based on there are three, four different time <laughs> zones you, you could maybe have. So, Do they have seven days a week, or is it just always moon day? That is a great question. I don't know. What I do know is now they're trying to figure out, well, is there a solve for this? Tell you what, we'll give the moon its own time zone. So I'm going to scratch my head over that for a right. little while. Um, joint international effort now being launched towards achieving this. That according to, let's see, who is this? I'm sorry, I don't even know who this guy is. Space Force. It's not, yeah, I'm, it's, it's not NASA, hmm. but NASA is, you know, having to grapple with this question while uh, designing and building the International Space Station, which is fast approaching the uh, 25th anniversary of the launch of its first piece. While the space station doesn't have its own time zone either, it does run on... Have you heard of this? Coordinated Universal Time. Oh, yeah. Or UTC, which is I used to, based on the atomic clock. I used to do shortwave radio, and there was always a station uh, out of Colorado that uh, would give you coordinated universal time right to the exact you know billionth of a second or something. I get it. Well, I, I don't know. I find this all very interesting. But a time zone on the moon. Hmm. News at the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk a little basketball here, of course, today because the Broncos got a huge win last night. If you're just joining us, we'll be telling you all about Max Rice today. He was a hero in a big way in the last couple of minutes of that game last mm-hmm. night. KBOI News Time is 628. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. on News Talk KBOI. Looks like the Marsing School District has also decided to call it a snow day today. They were going to start two hours late, as I understand, and then just decided, nah, we're going to call it. So we just have Marsing and Valley View. That's it. And Wilder. Wilder Wilder has also decided it will be a... And that was just just announced. That just came up on my, uh, my overhead here. So you've got Valley View School District... That's a snow day. You've got Marsing and you've got Wilder. And everybody else is going to school. <laughs> That's the list. So I'm, far. You know, it, it's early. This is about when we start getting the, the phone calls. And as I am not in the newsroom this morning, clearly, out here, uh, I'm depending on uh, a couple of other different sources to help me identify who is and who isn't. But... Uh, but my kids are at the West Data School District, and they're going to school today. Okay. Dad won't take them, but they are going to school today. <laughs> but they'll get there somehow. They'll get there somehow or another. Um, what else is going on today, Chris? What do you got on your radar? What's uh, happening with see. you? Well, not, I mean, me personally, not much. Uh, Tesla has decided they're going to build a new plant in Monterey, Mexico. It turns out. Tesla's going to Mexico? Yeah, Mexican President uh, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador shared the announcement on Tuesday. The new plant will be built 
in the northern Mexican city of Monterey, which is pretty good size. Mm-hmm. According to a source, the investment will be worth about $1 billion. Uh, the president, Lopez Obrador, said this will represent a considerable investment and many, many jobs um, for Mexico. Uh, and let's see, uh, in what could have turned out to be a major tragedy, a train carrying 30,000 gallons of propane derailed in Florida. Ooh. The accident happened yesterday near the Sarasota County Manatee County line, according to Southern Manatee Fire Rescue. Uh, five Seminole Gulf Railway cars were jettisoned from the tracks. That's a nice word, jettisoned, mm-hmm. including the uh, tanker containing the propane. That's according to uh, Fire Chief Robert Bounds, because... Of the potential danger, firefighters didn't initially approach the wreck site, instead sending in a drone to assess the situation. Bounds says, we were in the air with our drone, which has thermal capabilities, he said. We were able to look at the tank and ascertain the levels of the tank from the outside. There are no leaks, which is good. There is no actual physical damage to the tank other than the rollover. So a little better than the situation in Ohio. I want to uh, put something out there real quick, because I know that Nathaniel has just taken a call from a potential school. So usually we have this this password that we give all the schools. Mm-hmm. We give them a, a keyword, mm-hmm. and only the principal or one of the administrators knows what the keyword is so that we know it's the school that's calling us. So somebody just called and said, hey, this school is is canceled today. I'm not taking that call without a keyword. So, Nathaniel, right. I'm telling you, did they give you a keyword? We will have. And to. there I'm saying, if they'd have given you a keyword, then we'd have known that that we was a real We will have call. to call and verify. I have had people in the past, this is crazy, I have had people call and tell me school's canceled when school really wasn't canceled. They were just trying to make it so they didn't have to go to school. So that has happened. Probably kids then? You know, I, I don't know. Probably. Yeah, it might have been the, the principal. Probably, Who knows? You know, I don't want to go to work today. But, uh, yeah, somebody has, somebody has called me in the past in the newsroom and said, hey, we just want to let you know that this school, they're, they're canceling school today. And that was that was bogus. So we came up with this system. So the administrators that are actually making those calls or a superintendent right. knows what the keyword is so they can. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you what it is. <laughs> Anyway, that's what that's about. So I know that you just got a phone call, Nathaniel, but I got to confirm it because that's how we that's how we roll in the newsroom, you know, with confirmations. Yeah. Okay. Should, should I take a break here? Yeah, it's about that time. We'll we'll do some confirming though. Stand by. KBOI News Time is six thirty nine. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 642 at News Talk KBOI. Chris Walton over there. I'm Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper this week. He'll be back on Monday morning, as I understand. He flew out to Cancun. Enjoying some golf and sunshine and probably some, you know, fruity looking drinks with those nice little umbrellas in them. Probably Probably enjoying not being at work. Probably a few of those. Uh, Just a heads up. I know you like shrimp. 
You do like shrimp, right? Yeah. I mean, I've seen you have the shrimp cocktail before you, from you, Chef Wally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> His is really good. Prepackaged shrimp that was distributed to retailers across four states has been recalled due to a possible health risk. Idaho is not identified <clears throat> excuse me, as one of the states, but states surrounding Idaho have, which always makes me cautious. Uh, Kawasha Foods uh, initiated a voluntary recall of its four-ounce canned Geisha medium shrimp over reports of swelling, linking, or bursting cans, and that all is really bad. Bursting cans? Yeah. I don't think I've ever yeah. had exploding shrimp before. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's common the explosion in, of taste sensation that you sometimes get. Yeah, it's common in canning when the food is bad that the cans will swell. It's what they tell you when you're when you're canning your own things. Yeah. You know, you you look for swelling of those cans and if they are, you just throw them away. So this is one of those times where if you had picked up some of this geisha medium shrimp and I, you might just want to throw it out. Even if it's not swelling, even if it's not leaking, even if it's not bursting, uh, you don't you don't want to mess with that. The affected products are marked uh, and sold in California, Utah, Arizona, and Colorado, according to the company. Products were sold at Walmart, um, Safeway, and Albertson stores. So, I mean, could one have made it into your shelf? They say they weren't sold in Idaho, but nevertheless, if they're being sold close to okay. so for a while if i want seafood i'll just stick to clam yeah i would just i would say you know go with a different uh brand and or not the medium shrimp i'll just eat for the hell of it i mean for the hell of it sounds good okay kboi news time is six forty-five, and it is time for sports you'll be hearing about this people will remember this game for quite some time gotta tell you a 12-0 solo run from Max Rice in the final five minutes of the game powered an upset victory for Boise State men's basketball. The Broncos knocked off. Number 18, San Diego State, 66-60 to last night in front of a sold-out Extra Mile Arena. Marked the highest-ranked win at home for Boise State since the 15th-ranked Washington Huskies went down back in 1998. Wow. Chris Walton. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was alive then. Yes, you were. After the game, Bob Beeler had a chance to talk with Coach Rice. Head coach Leon Rice has joined us after Boise State has roared back to beat San Diego State 66-60. And, Coach, we've had some games with these folks. We've had some comebacks with these folks. Yeah. But this one tonight was on your home floor, and you could just feel the energy as you guys were surging. Yeah, I mean, this was... Like you said, in in our 13 years here, we've had some epic wins, and I I don't know if any compare to this. I mean, you know, you got an 18 point comeback goes down as a miracle, and a, but this when you throw in the crowd, when you throw in stuff that's riding on it right now, senior night, senior night, it was it was just magical. It yeah. was there's no other way to explain it, and and it, just so impressed with our guys, the grit because. That team's playing great. Once again, Coach Rice. Yeah, I would think he was pretty happy watching Max do as well as he did last <laughs> night, too. Coach's kid made it happen. Mm-hmm. KBOI News Time, 647. 
Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. And two minutes until the top of the hour, 7 o'clock, roll around. We'll have news here for you from ABC. We'll have some local news for you. We'll be telling you about schools today and which schools have decided they won't be having students on campus today. But just for the most part, just so everybody knows, if you're driving to school, chances are you're supposed to. uh, Only a few, a handful of schools have decided to call it a school day. It's Marsing, it's Wilder, it's Valview. Everybody else goes to school. All right. Okay. Damn near impossible question also on the way for you a little bit later today. And Chris Mm -hmm. Walton has one for us. Well, here is the number that you will be calling, but not until between 815 and 820 this morning. So don't call now. But that number is 208-336-3700. And at that time, you will be playing for a $50 gift certificate. Good at La Peep in Meridian. The whole thing is brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Recent winner of the Circle of Excellence Award. And the question, 26 years ago today, the Arizona State Legislature approved the installation and operation of new vending machines in the state to sell what? Say that again. 26 years ago today, the Arizona State Legislature approved the installation and operation of new vending machines in the state to sell what? Okay. All right, once again, it's for a $50 gift card to La Peep, and we'll have that for you uh, in the 8 o'clock hour today. I was glad that we were able to give away all the uh, San Diego State-Boise State tickets yesterday because that turned out to be a pretty good prize, Yeah, if you know what I'm saying. And a sellout game. Yeah, it was a good one. We'll talk more about sports coming up as well. KBOI News Time, it is 7 o'clock. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 7.08, Wednesday morning, March 1st, and snow on the ground in the Treasure Valley today. And I am not complaining. Not complaining. Just stating what is pretty obvious to anyone who looks outside. Well, more than that, Chris, I was looking at the reports of all the snow that's fallen in uh, California, and I'm not talking so much about Southern California, although I know they did have some snow in Southern California this week, talking more about what's going on in the Sierra Nevada, where it usually snows anyway. Yeah, but like six feet in a day? Okay, that's a lot. That's a lot of snow. They've had 10 feet of snow fall this week. Wow. There are folks that are stuck in their place up in Sierra Nevada Mm -hmm. with no power and really can't get out. Can't get out. Well, if they had 10 feet of snow, more than likely their door is blocked. That's what I'm saying. You're not going to find your car. You're not going to be able to dig that thing out. And even if you could, there wouldn't be a street to drive on. They're just kind of locked in and have been all week. So I was looking at uh, the report. In fact, they're doing something on uh, on CBS right now about uh, that blizzard that they saw in the Sierra Nevada. But yeah, they're folks that are just straight up stuck inside their house and they're not leaving for a good long time. And there, I know there are some folks that are here in Idaho that are in, you know, some more remote places. And they're like, yeah, that happens all the time. 
you know, you, you stock up on supplies, you make sure you got firewood, you, you know, you can go without power for a while. Okay. You have the right things. I, however, really like the fact that here in the Treasure Valley, we get a couple of inches here and there, and that's, you know, about all we get. And yeah, I lived through Snowmageddon, and that was enough for me. I don't want to live like that again. <laughs> Chris Walton knows what I'm well, saying. Well, I mean, if it happens again, I'd like to live. Here's the problem for uh, folks that are in the Sierra Nevada, and this is a real problem right now. You have buildings that have 10 feet of snow on top of them right now. You know, about a square foot of snow weighs about 20 pounds. And you multiply that by however many square feet your roof is and how much snow just piles up pretty impressive <laughs> and so you've got places that are just caving in oh wow that's too bad that's a lot of snow we, we saw some of that uh, i guess it was year before last i want to say it was wilder that had all those problems they had some some buildings that were just not able to handle the weight of the, the snow so you've got snow removal companies mm-hmm. that are just you know they're doing some business in fact my older brother was doing that one year, I think I was 18, and he was paying me some pretty good money to go up and try and remove snow from tops of different businesses just because <laughs> they were afraid that they're, this is, they had so much snow that they were just going to cave in. This is my business, but uh, would you mind going up on the roof? Yeah. Oh, he was up there, too. Mm. And we were trying to... We didn't have sophisticated equipment. We had... Uh, you've probably seen this where they use, like, a rope or something to try and cut the snow from the top and then if it's solid enough you're able to just kind of push it over the side so you can take out a whole bunch of snow at once now if you do it right and you've got the enough slant on top of the roof you can actually do that and take like feet of snow at a time off the whole deal and yeah. you know you cut your time in half if you got the right equipment he did not so i just froze on top of somebody's roof for you know a good portion of the day with the shovel it, it was the worst i didn't do that for very long tell you that yeah it doesn't seem like a no uh the, the sort of career path you'd want was not a was not a bunch of fun in any case uh, for folks that are wondering about schools send your kids to school today it's the best thing i could tell you to do unless you receive notice from your school district kids are in school today it's just it's not a snow day valley view is a snow day wilder and what was the other one marsing marsing yeah marsing uh, keeping an eye on what's happening in uh, other parts of the country today, three police officers have been shot in Kansas City. It's according to the city's mayor. Incident occurred at about 9.30 last night. Kansas City Police Department tactical officers were executing a warrant in the eastern part of the city. The three officers who were shot immediately taken to a local hospital with non-life-threatening injuries, I'm happy to say. And they are now listed in stable condition. Authorities say it's still an ongoing investigation and uh, further inquiries will have to be uh, directed through the Missouri Highway Patrol because that's who's handling all the questions at this point. But three Kansas City police officers shot last night. It's hard to be a police officer, Chris. I mean... If we're not talking about police officers getting shot, we're talking about police officers getting in trouble 
Now, I'm not condoning police that you know are using yeah. too much force. I'm just saying that here's here's three guys that uh, doing their job shot in the line of duty consider, last night. Consider if you are not a police officer, how often in your life you run into and have to deal with people who are in uh, some kind of great distress. And it's very rarely. But police officers do it all day long, every day. I like to be one of the people that back the blue because that's a job I wouldn't want to do. But when you've got problems, that's who you got to call. So, yeah, I want to be friends with those guys. I want to give them as much support as I can. 715 at News Talk KBOI, and it's time for sports. Brought to you by the Pork Belly. Pork Belly in downtown CUNA features smoked coffee beans, plant-based energy drinks, donuts on weekdays, much more neat eats and hip drips. And the hip drips drive through window now open at the Pork Belly as well. Stop by. They just opened 15 minutes ago, and they're ready to go. Best chicken fried steak I've ever had. I'm telling you. Coach Rice last night. Man, that dude was happy. Talked with Bob Beeler after a huge win. Broncos over San Diego State last night. Every shot and every run we made at them, they answered with tough shots. I mean, they hit shots that I thought we guarded. And, you know, you guard them pretty good. And when they make shots, you just tip your hat to them. But, you know, for our guys and the persistence and consistency to get up and keep fighting get up and keep fighting i mean i couldn't be more impressed and more appreciative of what they can do and what a great you know entertaining college basketball game that all these people got to see and yeah and max rice had a 12 nothing solo run in the last couple of minutes of that ball game to seal it up and he'll be back for one more year (laughs) he'll be back for one more year which right now seems like a good thing does I'm excited about Boise State's opportunity to get to the NCAA tournament after that win last night. Mm. Beating the 18th-ranked team in the country last night, you still got to look good in the tournament. If you don't win the Mountain West tournament outright, you still got to look good. You can't go. You can't go lose to Wyoming like Nevada did the other night. You know, you those, there are some games yeah. you got to win, and in the tournament, got to get it done. KBY News Time seven seventeen. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 722 on this Wednesday morning. It's March 1st. Dow Futures down 60 points currently as we check in with Jeremiah Bates this morning. The best news I can give you is that February's finally over. <laughs> yeah, it's it's time to wipe the slate clean, kick off a new trading month. So today marks the first day, and futures are not boating particularly well. I mean, they're not down too much, and we really saw them roll over. What appeared to be, a, uh, it looked like it was going to be a positive open, kind of lost some steam. But if we're looking at February, it certainly was bleak when you compare it to the, ra- the good rally that we saw at the start of 2023. You have the Dow Jones turning negative for the year. It was down nearly 4.2% in February. You have the S&P 500 that was down over 2.5%. The NASDAQ was down a little over 1% in the month of February. 
But both the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ are up for the year. So that's positive news. So looking at the dynamics that are driving things this morning, well, they're not particularly good. So if you look at General Motors, they're announcing layoffs of 500 salaried mm. employees looking for right cost after, cuts. Right a, yep. a few weeks after they announced they wouldn't have any layoffs. Exactly. Yep, yep. So you quickly see how fast that can change. You also have Lowe's, another large retailer, again, following suit with your Walmarts, your Targets, your Home Depots, where earnings were right in line with expectation. But you got to remember those earnings were for the last quarter. So their forward-looking guidance, again, did not paint a rosy picture. They're showing uh, less optimism around the consumer moving forward. Mm. So when we're looking at dynamics driving this month and really in the short term, it's really what we've been dealing with all along for the past, I guess, year. It's the Federal Reserve, it's interest rates, but... What we could be seeing, though, it's interesting. There's some data released out of China's economy. And I know, I know, we're talking about China and their rumors around reopening and how that'll actually look. Who knows, right? And can we really take any faith in the data that's being released from China? Eh, history has shown us that that hasn't really worked out. But you are seeing signs of China's economy growing, rebounding after their strict COVID restrictions. Um, you're seeing a little bit more manufacturing poster or their manufacturing po posting bigger improvements in, the, in their data. So it's showing that uh, it's trending in the right direction. So we'll see. I think that's the big wild card here because you're looking at the world's second largest economy that's basically been shut down for the past two years. If they really start to reopen and we sort of see some economic activity, that could be a potential tailwind, especially for anyone who's invested in maybe some international funds or some international companies, um, especially in the China in China's region. But this could also affect commodity prices. There's some there's some ripple effects that would come of this. So this is something that I'm paying very close attention to because that could that could move things along. But as of right now. It's look like we're we're seeing a negative open, and you know we've seen a little bit of selling pressure over the last few weeks. However, if you look at the October lows that we saw last year, when we see the rally going into the new year, I think it's just it's just follows suit with being disciplined and having that long term horizon as an investor. Patience usually pays off when uh, you follow your strategy versus yep. succumbing to these kind of short-term swings. Because I think this volatility is going to continue. I think until we get some some moderating interest rates or some certainty around inflation and, and all these other dynamics affecting the economy, we're going to see some big up and downs. Got to have long-term plans, right? This is That is all the right. key. My man, we will talk to you in another hour when the market opens. Thank you very much. Thanks, gents. There he goes, Jeremiah Bates. KBY News Time is 726. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 7.33, Wednesday morning. Mike Casper's out today. I'm Rick Worthington filling in. Sitting here with Chris Walton, and I'm looking at the closings and delays for local schools. That list has grown in the last 15 minutes, so I thought maybe I would just you know, break into that and share what's what's happening is uh, there are more schools that have decided to close it down. But here in Boise and West Ada, they're all going to school. All right. Okay. Homedale School District, Valaview, Basin, Thomas Jefferson Charter School, Blaine County School District, Camas County, Wilder County, Greenleaf Friends Academy, the Marsing School District, and let's see, there's one elementary school here, Caldwell Adventist Elementary. They're having a uh, delay. They're going to start at 1030 today instead of their usual time. Everybody else is 
nosed mm-hmm. up that I just mentioned. Again, West Ada, go to school. Boise County, or Boise School District, that is, go to school. Which, which are in Ada County. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, that's the list. Wilders. That's in, what I got. Wilders in, in Canyon County. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was ironic that a story came out today about Payette National Forest officials. That They're rolling this story out on March 1st, where we've got all this snow on the ground, but there are some prescribed burn projects in uh, Payette National Forest that are going to start this month. <laughs> There's a story up at the Idaho Capitol Sun about this. Pan National Forest officials plan to begin multiple prescribed fires this spring and early summer to reduce fuels in forests that can lead to large wildfires. So they're going to start small fires. Prescribed burns planned between March and July in several of the forest ranger districts. And uh, the New Meadows Ranger District plans to burn about 4,000 acres in the uh, Round Valley and Brush Creek areas north of New Meadows, or northwest anyway, they're going to burn, uh, but they didn't say exactly when that's going to be. Just say they're starting this month, but they'll continue doing that all the way through July. Although, at this rate, I don't know that they need to, they're even going to be able to burn. Well, today. Why? Might, because it's covered in snow. Today might not be the best day to no, start. No, I'm thinking not. But nevertheless, prescribed burns do start in March where they can do them i guess let's see kent has written in says i have little to no sympathy for the californians who complain when it's too dry too wet not enough snow and now too much snow california is a state full of whiners and complainers about global cooling global warming and now climate change yes california climate does change always has and always will I feel sorry for anybody that's stuck after a... 10 feet of snow? Well, I mean, that's how much fell just this week. Mm -hmm. That's not necessarily how much snow is actually on top of their home. That's just what fell this week. So it could be more. Could be a lot more. Have you seen some of the snow banks? Like, they've got these huge snow blowers that the Department of Transportation uses to throw the snow off the road. They don't just plow it off the road. I mean, they do that in some cases, but they have to bring these huge blowers in to blow the snow off like you would if you had a snow blower at your house, you know? Yeah. It throws the snow. And so they've got these snow blowers that have to blow over the tops of these banks of snow that are like 25, 30 feet high. It's ridiculous. Have you seen pictures of that? I've not seen a 30-foot snowbank before, but I've seen <laughs> pictures of it. Not recently, no. Idaho Legislature's Senate Transportation Committee voted yesterday to advance a bill that would create restricted driver's license available to all people 16 and older residing in Idaho, yeah. regardless of immigration status. And like I said, however... That uh, even if they don't have uh, immigration status, they will no longer be completely undocumented because a driver's license is a document. We will talk a little more about that. We will first take this break. Sports on the way here for you at 845 as well. KBY News Time is 738.
670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 743 sports here in just a moment. Again, the Idaho Legislature Senate Transportation Committee voting yesterday to advance a bill that would create a restricted driver's license for everyone 16 and older who resides in Idaho, regardless of their immigration status. Now, it, it's not something that there was a lot of unity on here. It did divide um, the committee on this. Took their usual step, though, or the unusual step, that is, of sending Senate Bill 1081 to the Senate floor without a recommendation attached to it. The overwhelming majority of bills that advance out of Idaho legislative committees have sent it to the floor with a recommendation that the bill pass. Otherwise, committees usually kill a bill by voting to hold it. Senator Jim Guthrie sponsoring Senate Bill 1081, which would create the new restricted driver's license to anyone 16 or older who resides in Idaho They could obtain that regardless of whether they have a social security number. It's going to meet some resistance, but the idea here is just to make sure that you can identify everyone that's there. A lot of uh, arguments on both sides. You know, some people saying no, if someone's illegal, then they should not get a driver's license for any reason. Other people saying, you know, uh, the uh, those who are in the state illegally and there are a lot of them are already driving Mm -hmm. and at least this way they would have you know something to hand to a policeman if they get pulled over or happen to get into a fender bender or or worse right everybody uh, has identified that way that's a mm -hmm. good thing and uh, it would uh, cause those who are currently undocumented to at least have one document if not that's correct social security and if not you know uh, even a path toward uh, citizenship of any kind well, that would be good, too. All right, 745, it's time for sports. It's brought to you by the Pork Belly in downtown CUNA. Let's see, what are they going to tell me today? The best breakfast and lunch in CUNA is at the Pork Belly in downtown CUNA, eager to prove it to you like they did to me. Best chicken fried steak of all time, my opinion. I mean, you know the gravy is good, but the sure. new chicken fried steak over there is I've, phenomenal. I've said they should sell the gravy as a beverage. Yeah. They're going to have some kind of soup, gravy soup, some kind. That's what I hear. You can see the entire menu at porkbellyidaho.com. Like them on Facebook. See the daily specials there as well. All right. Boise State's NCAA basketball tournament resume got a huge boost last night with a come-from-behind 66-60 win over 18th-ranked San Diego State. Max Rice scored 11 points in a row down the stretch to fuel a 14-0 run to close the game in the last four minutes and 42 seconds. Rice had three threes plus a steal that led to a layup, and that earned the team the 23rd win of the season. Rice said his 26-point performance against the Aztecs was better than his 30-point game against New Mexico. Oh, no question. This one is not close. This one was way – it's against uh, one of the best teams in the country. They're 18th in the country. Uh, Sold-out crowd. It's what you absolutely dream of as a kid. Um, and to do it in front of, I had some family members here from out of town, but it was just, it was a very surreal experience. And The Broncos are still alive for a share of the Mountain West regular season championship. They need a win at Utah State Saturday, while San Diego State must lose to Wyoming as well. 
Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. Now, Bob does put this in the correct pretense. That win is the kind of thing that could put you in the tournament for the second straight year. Not officially, of course. You're not going to win the conference championship outright. You could get an automatic bid if you win the conference tournament. Well, you, you do. Yeah. yeah. You could. You could get that automatic bid if you win it. If you don't win it, you still got to look good in the tournament. You can't you can't choke in the first round as we've seen before. Not last year, but a big win last night and a well-deserved win. Max Rice, man, you played good in the last half. KBY News Time is 7.47. And Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 7.53, good morning. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today, along with Chris Walton. It is a snow day for some. Not for those in the West Ada School District. Not those who go to school in the Boise School District. You're going to school today, but there are some others out there that uh, have a little bit more snow and a little harder to get around. So full list of those is online, by the way. You can go check that out. I see that the city of Meridian has approved plans from the, let's see, the nonprofit, the housing company, a creation of Idaho Housing and Finance Association. They're going to build 52 affordable apartments in eight two-story buildings on the north side of wow. Ustick Road near the east side of Linder. I was just thinking what Meridian needs is more places oh, to Oh, yeah, live. absolutely. Well, affordable apartments is what they're calling this. Yeah, this according, by the way, to they, the Idaho Statesman who put the story out. I wonder how they define that. Uh, that is a fantastic question. The, row, the Wood Rose Apartments, is that what they'll be called, 1160 West Ustick, Wood... Target people with incomes below 60% of the area median income. That's what they're telling us. Meridian City Council scheduled to hear proposal 6 p.m. on March 14th at City Hall. The Idaho Statesman also tells us the West Valley Medical Center in Caldwell plans to construct a one-story emergency department. On West Chinden, that's according to a permit application that they filed with the city. 11,000 square foot buildings, what it'll yeah. be, include 10 exam rooms, uh, resuscitation room. I'm in favor of more medical facilities. Mm-hmm. That always seems like a good thing. Project valued around $13 million, according to BuildZoom and the Idaho Statesman in that. Costco has asked the city of Meridian for permission to modify delivery hours and business hours at their warehouse on West Chinden and 10 Mile. Does modify mean extend? Well, an agreement between Costco and the city that they made back in 2018 said that they wouldn't have any deliveries take place between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. Costco wants the time frame to be modified to 11 p.m. and 3 a.m., so they have another hour in the evening and a couple more hours in the morning. To so Im- it's, a, it's, a, it's probably a noise issue then. I would think yes. Because it seems to me deliveries at those hours would actually be better for traffic. Yeah, I would say it would be better in traffic, but 
I mean, also you're you're doing a delivery. I mean, there is a residential area all around where that yeah. Costco is built, and so it has to do something with noise. noise because people that live right up against where the Costco is don't want to hear that big rig roll up at you know two in the morning right, right outside their window. Ideally, not. So you have these delivery time requirements that are kind of built into to some of these things. So Costco is telling the city now that they want to try and, you know, figure that out, make it 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. to improve their warehouse logistics. And so it's not so congested. KBOI News Time 756. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 758. God bless you. Well, thank you very much. We sneeze on the air from time to time. It happens. Glad you're with us this morning. It is uh, Wednesday morning, snow on the ground. And as Ron said, he could take the next 15, 20 minutes if we wanted to talk about every accident and every slowdown that he's tracking on his screen today. So, yeah, if you've got some place that you need to be today, yeah, slow down. Give yourself extra time. Call in, tell your office, I'm going to be late today. They'll understand. We also have a damn near impossible question coming up Mm -hmm. for you in the next hour. So this is our opportunity to give you a heads up. We will ask the question between 8.15 and 8.20. And at that time, you will need to call 208-336-3700. Not now, but then. And you'll be playing for a $50 gift certificate. Good at La Peep in Meridian. The question. 26 years ago today, the Arizona State Legislature approved the installation and operation of new vending machines in the state. What did the new vending machines sell? And I'll give you a hint. The first time vending machines sold these items uh, was in Utah in the 1890s. No kidding. The whole thing is brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, a local company with a global network for all your real estate needs. Call 208-888-4128. Senate State Affairs Committee moving forward on a new militia bill. We'll talk about a little bit. Nate Shellman talked about it quite a bit on his show yesterday as well. We'll discuss it as well in the 8 o'clock hour standby. It is 8 o'clock. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, it's 8.08. Glad you're here with us on News Talk KBOI. Chris Walton's over there. Daniel running the board over there. And I'm Rick Worthington, who wishes he was in the other room doing news. But instead, I'm in here for Mike Casper today. Because mm-hmm. he's in Cancun. That is uh, that is a good spot to be today as well. Good for him. I said that we would be talking about this bill that would allow militias in public. I don't, I don't understand a ton about militia but i respect it because i understand the role of militia is to help local law enforcement or to be peacekeepers basically so the idea of militia i mean sure it makes some people think you know crazy farmers running around with pitchforks and you know it's not what it is not what it is peacekeepers Senate State Fairs Committee moved a bill forward Monday would allow militias to parade in public with firearms. 
Senator Dan Foreman sponsoring the bill 1056, stressing that all gun laws would still apply to anyone parading with a gun. Bill would repeal a section of code that prohibits anyone other than National Guard to parade with firearms and prohibit cities or towns from paying to arm or organize any militia. Now, legislators repeatedly referred incidents in Lewiston when uh, armed protesters attended a Black Lives Matter protest, another incident in Coeur d'Alene. This is a story that I'm reading from, let's see, where is this? BigCountryNewsConnection.com. Uh, Foreman has argued the current statute infringes on the constitutional right to assemble and to bear arms. Testimony came mostly from people in opposition to the bill, including some people who had been victims of gun violence. In his closing presentation, Foreman criticized the use of the term gun violence as well, saying it's an emotional statement. No such thing as gun violence. There's just violence. And violence is committed by people, not the gun, not the weapon. Not the baseball bat or the knife or the bow and arrow. It's committed by people. He argued that a large percentage of Idaho is already legally armed and with firearms. I don't know that I have any problem with local militia parading. If they have firearms, I mean, they're, they're, they're a militia. It's, we expect them to be armed, right? How often do they hold parades? Well, I don't know that they do right now because they're not allowed to. Mm. And there are lots of militia out there. So they don't ever like parade without weapons? I think the idea is that they could assemble and they could be armed and you could see them, you know, in Fourth of July parade or something like that. Gotcha. So they would join an existing parade. Yes. Yes. But honestly, I don't know exactly how that goes. I'm just saying that I, I know some folks that are part of local militias. Uh, I, I think yesterday on Nate Shellman's program, we heard from a gentleman who was a part of a local militia. And I say local, it's uh, the McCall area. Talked about what they do and who they are. And they're peacekeepers. But they do get together occasionally. And sometimes they sometimes they go shoot, which is I don't have a problem with. Sometimes they have learning exercises where they would learn how to use a radio or they would learn how to execute something as a as a group. Exercises. As a militia, you have to know how to do certain things. They have a captain. They have a uniform. They have yeah. rank. A militia is not just a bunch of guys no. you know, running the same direction with a gun. There's more to it than that. I think what most people are concerned about, it's like the the group that Ammon Bundy was out there with at the Malheur National Wildlife Refuge. An unorganized group of folks that are armed to the teeth and are doing stupid things, which is my representation of what that was. Maybe it's not yours, but that that's how I saw it. And from a guy that actually went out there and talked to some folks, I can tell you it wasn't very organized and it was some people that should never have been there in the first place. Nevertheless, that's what happened. Mm. So this bill is moving forward, and we talk about that a little bit. If you're part of a local militia, and if I didn't represent you correctly, I'd love to know what you have to say about all this. 
KBOI News Time is 8.13. For your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.22, damn near impossible question time. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, a local company with a global network for all your real estate needs. Call them at 208 888 Playing for a $50 gift certificate, good at Le Peep in Meridian. They have good breakfast and lunch. 26 years ago today, the Arizona State Legislature approved the installation and operation of some new vending machines. What did the new machines sell? Your hint, the first vending machines that sold these operated in Utah in the 1890s. I was wrong. I guessed. I, I guessed wrong today. Jerry, you get first crack at this. Good morning, Jerry. Thanks for calling us KBOI. Good morning. Good morning. Not real confident in this answer, but uh, is well, it soda machine? Soda machine. Soda machine. No, Chris. I'm afraid not, but no. that's a, it's a good guess because, it you know, a good guess. they do exist, but they existed in Arizona before 1997. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to go to, is it, is it Denise? Denise, welcome to News Talk KBOI. Denise, how are you today? I'm fine. Excellent. It is your turn. Do you um, have a guess for us today? I'm going to guess alcohol. Alcohol and another, vending machines, Chris. Another, another good guess, but unfortunately not what I'm mm. looking for here. Denise, that was a good guess, though. Thank a you very try, much Denise. for trying. Thanks. Thanks for Mike is on the line. Mike, thank you for calling News Talk KBOI today and our damn near impossible question. We're going three deep to get an answer today. What do you got for me, Mike? Postcards. Postcards and vending machines. You know what? Another good guess, uh, but no. And w- one of the earliest vending machines of all time actually sold postcards, but not in this case. Mike, that was a good guess, man. We appreciate the call today. It wasn't the right answer, but it was a good guess. Robin, we're going four deep to Robin today for today's question. Robin, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Excellent. Do you have an answer for us? Maybe. Is it art, like in little cigarette packages? Uh, no, it's not. But that's another good guess. That was my guess was the cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, that's a good so guess. No art. Yeah, but not yeah. art. Not art, though. Thank you very much for that. Now we're going to caller number five now. Sean is up. Hi, Sean. You made it in. How are you? Uh, good morning. Good. How are you? I'm good. What What do you know? What What's your answer on this I, one? I think I remember reading about this. I think it's gold bars. Nope, not gold bars. Gold bars and vending another, machines, really? Uh, yeah, they, 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 Small they, gold bars. they've they've had those, but just not in this particular case. All right, that's a good right, guess, though. Much. Thank you. All right, we're going to go one more, one more, and Larry is up. Larry, tell me you've got the right answer. Is the answer ice? It is not. It is not. Oh. Another good, ah, another good guess, though. Another good guess. All right, so we've stumped everybody today. Apparently, we have. At eight twenty-five, Chris is going to give us the answer. Go for it, Chris. Okay. The question was again twenty-six years ago today, which was nineteen ninety-seven. The Arizona State Legislature approved the installation and operation of new vending machines. What did the new machines sell? And your hint was the first vending machines that sold these operated in Utah in the eighteen nineties. And the answer is. Divorce papers. No, it is not. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, my goodness. So are we going to give away this card now? Caller number six, you're up. The number to call, 208-336-3700. Caller six gets a $50 gift card to La Peep. Good luck. KBOI News Time is 826.
The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.38, good morning. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper this week. Along with Chris Walton, we welcome you to today's program. A little snowy out, uh, That you're not going to see that snow go away for a while it's cold outside just 29 so you're going to see snow all day maybe some will melt off in your driveway and that's why you haven't gone out and you know shoveled the snow already that's kind of what i was hoping for something that we have been looking at this week i know it's a i know it's a big deal to a lot of people senate republicans rejecting a bill that would have allowed private school families to claim public education funds There was a bill that was from Senator Tammy Nichols and Brian Lenny would have created education savings accounts. We call them ESAs. It's a voucher-like mechanism that allows families with private school and homeschool students to draw state funding for tuition, uniforms, tutoring, and other education expenses. Educational needs. I am in favor of some of these, but not in all forms. For instance, if you're a homeschooled student, I think there should be funds available to you. I think there should be. If you want to go to a private school, not necessarily in favor of that. They're private for a reason. You want to pay for a private school, you're going to have to come out of pocket for that. Not everybody agrees with that. They say you're going to have you can have funds available per child. You know, make it a, go wherever you want it to go. To a certain extent, I mean, what, one argument uh, is, is that this actually was better for charter schools and private schools, simply because when you start accepting government money, the government starts to require things of mm-hmm. you, and then the government could step in and say, "Well, this is all well and good, but now that you're getting money from us, you need to do the following few things yeah. that." public schools do and they may not be things that uh, the charter schools or the pub- or the private correct. schools would want to do correct and so this way they still uh, even though i mean th- there are some rules when it comes to education obviously that they have to follow but they are fewer in number if you're not accepting money for quite a while we've heard about vouchers and republicans take taking a run at it mm mm-hmm. mhm Well, in this case, Senate Republicans, most Senate Republicans oppose this bill. Many said they support education savings accounts, and a lot do. But they said that this particular legislation has too many uncertainties. And the big thing is how much does it cost? All told. How much does it cost? I have absolutely no clue what the dollar amount on this is. Senator C. Scott Grow that we heard from last Mm -hmm. week. And he voted no. Correct. The legislation would have allowed families to collect about $6,000 annually for private school or homeschool expenses. As we heard from Tammy Nichols, who tried to explain the bill to us, I think she did a pretty good job. She said that uh, the legislation is a way to help low-income families afford private education. If you don't have enough money to send your kid to a private school, this is how it's done. 
this particular proposal didn't include income limits as voucher programs in other states have done so. Reading from the Idaho Statesman here, a quote says, This historic bill will expand choice for all students. It'll ease capacity and cost concerns and protect current homeschool and private school interests. That's according to Tammy Nichols. That's what she told the full Senate on Monday. And she also said, most importantly, it will empower families. I don't know that she's wrong about any of that. I think the problem is costs, not just this year, but moving forward. The bill sponsors estimate it would cost the state about $45 million in the first year to fund some 6,600 students. But that's not what it costs every year, apparently. There was an analysis that was done by the Idaho Center for Physical Policy. It's a nonpartisan research group, and it estimated enrollment among private and homeschoolers would severely climb the second year. Mm-hmm. So they use enrollment rates from similar programs in Florida and Arizona, and they estimate the cost of the Idaho program. And I believe their statement indicated that those two states are slowly going broke. Right. They say that the cost would be eight times higher, not $45 million. Not $45 million, but $363 million in its second year and beyond. Number of students receiving the funds likely would jump from not quite 7,000 students to more than 60,000. Wow. (laughs) So look, you, you want vouchers. Love to hear from you guys if you want to talk about why this is a good idea, why vouchers appeal to you. Number to call, 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. $45 million sounds doable. $360 million? Less so. Less so. Idaho Teachers Unions. Eight times as much. Yes. Idaho Teachers Unions and groups representing school boards, administrators, and rural schools opposed the bill during a public hearing that stretched over uh, two days earlier this month. There's there's a lot more to this story. But how do you do a vouchers program and not have the cost be exceedingly high. And here's some of the math that I don't understand, Chris, and maybe you can help me with this. Maybe you know. Maybe somebody else out there knows. How does the funding work differently? Because you're already pledging so much per student, per pupil, right. on education. Anyway, so how yeah. how does this I'm not sure. differ in terms I, of education I, funding? I, I wondered that myself. If it's the same amount that you would be putting into the uh, the public schools per student, how does it differ? So let's just say, I, I mean, I'm, I'm speculating. I totally am. I'm, I'm talking out my rear a little bit because I don't understand all that, that comes down to this. But if you have 7,000 students this year and you're going to pay for them and it costs $45 million, that that's the economics of it. But then you're going to include all kinds of other students next year. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be paying the public education system that money for where they would have gone to school 
you're just taking that money away now and you're putting it to where they are going to school. So, yeah, it cost a whole bunch more. Right. But Chance, isn't that chances, money just spent the same way, just in a different spot? You're just chances, allocating it differently? Chances are, though, they didn't want to take any money away from existing public schools. Because Is that those, how that works? Those schools still would be operating, and they still would be, if not at capacity, then close to capacity. A lot of them are okay. over capacity right now. So I'd like to see the money go where the kids are. Not necessarily where the school is. So why would you fund fully a school that doesn't work, for instance? And I'll just just throw whatever school it is right now. Let's just say they don't test well. They have problems. The school's busted and breaking down. And as a parent, I said, I don't want my kid to go to school there. I want to go to this private school because it's nice and because... Kids there test well. They have better teachers. Why don't I just take my kid from here and we'll allocate that funding and we'll go there instead? Just send the money to where the kid's going to school, not necessarily to the to the school that's breaking down that they're not doing things well. I wouldn't necessarily think they have better teachers. They have fewer problem students. That is possible. That is possible. Um, I, I'll tell you, I, I have recently looked into charter schools for my kids. And the reason I was doing it is because the charter school that I was looking at, it's not a private school. They just, the funding would send my kid to the charter school, wouldn't go to the public school, go to the charter school instead. The other argument against uh, taking funding away from public schools is that uh, there are many, and, and I won't say necessarily whether I'm one or not, but there are many who believe that public schools currently are underfunded. I see. Therefore, if you start taking money away from them to move it someplace else, they're even more underfunded. I see. Take your calls today at 208-336-3700. If education is the silver bullet, and I've said this, if education is the silver bullet, just educate the kid regardless of where they're going. That's where you send the money. We'll take a break. KBOI News Time is 848. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 853 on News Talk KBOI. I wanted to tell you that yesterday I got a text message and I was trying to find, I deleted it immediately. But it was an organization that was really angry about vouchers getting voted down, and they were singling out, I think, I don't remember who it was. They were singling out one particular senator as the reason it didn't pass. And that's not the case. But there are some Republicans that are really angry that the vouchers uh, bill did not go through. Got some messages here that I want to read. Being a member of the Republican Party, I was losing faith in the party. This renews my faith a little. I still think there are too many far-right wingers in the party. Thank you to the senators who rejected this bill. Woo! Keeping our dollars for truly public schools is a better reason, but I'll take the result here. This one says, Anyone who thinks this would have benefited low-income families is extremely delusional. 
Clearly, it's aimed at those who can already afford private religious schools and want the taxpayers to ease their burden, in quotes. Strong work, well, Senators. We, there's, As we learned a couple of weeks ago, talking to some people, uh, there are families who have their kids in private school who are uh, not really able to afford it, but they've, you know, they work their uh, tail, right. tails off to get it done. Right. I really like the idea of having the choice to put your child in whatever school you want and be able to use education money that is already devoted to your child for education. I like the idea of being able to send them wherever I want. In the West Ada School District, where my children are, there are lots of choices, though. You do have choices. There's charter schools. There's technical schools. There's the school that you're zoned for. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like that school, you can try and take them somewhere else if you want to. You can you can request to go to a different school. When my kids were in school, they always went to the school that was the closest. It's what we did when we moved to town originally. We looked at the schools to see which schools were best and which schools were worst. And it's why we chose to live where we did. Because the schools... Elementary through high school, yeah. going to offer our kids a really, really good education. I just told mine, if you want to know something, ask me. <laughs> You're pretty good at trivia. You do have teaching in the uh, in the old family tree I, there, I, I know. Do, yeah, a so, number of them. Do you think vouchers are the way to go? Lots of people do, but I'm not hearing from you so much today. Got an instant message. Uh, I know we just have about a minute here, but it says, uh, oh, my goodness, the voucher system predictions only prove a huge desire for parents to get their children out of the public system. And if implemented, there is no loss to the system since monies are paid on a per-child basis. If the child is not there, they don't need the money. The system doesn't have the best teachers, and the issue is not always unruly children. A lot of the problem is curriculum and liberal values. And since when does it require $8,000 a year to educate one child? Stupidity reigns. Here's a message that says, I commend the Senate. I don't know how many Senator, I don't know how many Senator Abby Lee voted yet. My Senator, I think is what it should say. But I do know that she acknowledged the email I sent her urging her to vote against the bill and voting for public education. I look forward to finding out how she voted. Night at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, 907. News Talk KBOI, Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today. Education is one of the things that I love to discuss. I think it's one of the best things we could discuss on air and try and bring in as many people as we can to the conversation. And when we start talking about school vouchers, we bring in a lot of people from the right. We talk about public education, we bring in a lot of people from the left. What's funny is, among uh, Republicans, or simply conservatives, it seems like about half of them were for this, and half were against. Well, I, I think... Those on, I, I, I don't like to characterize this. I know that many on the far right 
like the idea of education vouchers. But I don't think you have to be on the far right to to agree with it. I think there are some merits to it. I think I think there's a lot that it's not great for either. They they seem to like the freedom of school choice, but they don't want the state to have to put out so much money. You got a little frog in your throat I, right I there. Do. What happened there? I'm not you sure. good? So some some things to consider when we're talking about school vouchers. How much money do you really think you can take away from public education as it is to keep public education working? Some people will say public education doesn't work, and that's why we want to take money away from it. That's why we don't want to give them any more money. Others will say, no, 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 no. Public education works really, really well when you fund it correctly. And it's usually a money issue. How much money are you giving? How much money do they really need? And I don't have good answers to to what those things are. Here's what I'll tell you that I have told you before. Education is the silver bullet. You cure all kinds of garbage. When you educate kids correctly, and I'm not talking about religious <coughs> teachings, though certainly if that's something you want to include in your child's education, you could. I don't think that school is the best place to do that. That's my take on it. But if you want to send your child to Catholic school, I don't have any problem with that. You want to send your child to a, a different type of a religion or religious school. I got no problem with that. Do it. Do it up. It's your faith. I'm just not sure that public money should go to that. All right. But I do understand that somebody that says the school that my child is zoned for, I don't want to send them there. There are too many problems. I want to send them to this school instead. Can I get public education dollars to go there or just the dollars that my kid would take with them to that school? Can we just send them there? I get that. But when you teach a child correctly, you just, you wipe out all kinds of problems. You don't see problems with, oh, geez, everything. Everything. Everything gets taken care of when you make a kid smart. Originally, public school in America was intended to allow those who couldn't afford to send their kids to school to send their kids to school. Right. Makes a lot of sense, right? Because when they were all paid, some people just never went. There are so many comments on this. You, Your call will take it right now. 208-336-3700 if you want to jump in on this. Otherwise, I'm going to read comments. One just very simple said, good, it was a bad bill. Glad it didn't get passed. We got an instant message. It's not signed, but it says... Why not keep talking about property taxes and sales tax until something is done, then talk about schools? Well, they're not done either. I don't know how to continue talking about... If, some, we, if we talked about property tax until it was uh, done satisfactorily, I, th- I think that's all we would talk about for many years. Well, that's all we would have been talking about. We'd 
been trying to get it through for how many years now? I mean, they've said year and year in and year out and year in and year out, we're going to do this. Still not done. But I agree. We, we would really like to see that happen. And we bring it up. I'm not sure what else to add to the conversation. There isn't another bill today on property tax relief. Here's a comment. Can you imagine? Uh, this is talking about homeschooling. Can you imagine some of the horrible people out there that would homeschool their kids just to pocket the cash? Hmm. Sadly, there are some folks that would do that. They wouldn't send their kids to school. they just pocket the money and then maybe not educate very well. Let's see, somebody wrote in to say public education is just like communism. It works great if only implemented correctly. Yeah, right. Trouble is it's never done correctly. I think most things would fall under the list of those things that work best if they are implemented correctly. Mm-hmm. That's Dan. Good. That's pretty general. Thank you very much for calling, Dan. Appreciate calling into News Talk KBOI today. How are you? Well, doing pretty good in spite of the snow. Yeah, no kidding, right? Hope you're driving safe today. Uh, definitely. Now driving school bus and between routes, so I thought I'd give a call and uh, plug a few comments in here to get people thinking a little, uh, maybe a little differently. All right, so we're talking uh, about school vouchers. Where are you at on this? Half for, half against, because um, school vouchers are going to kind of circumvent the system that we have. And... Uh, in a way that kind of puts a capitalistic spin on what's been a monopoly. If the public schools have to start competing with the schools that are taking away their funding because parents are choosing to send them to schools that teach something that they don't want to teach and they haven't been teaching, um, well, it puts them in a position where either they get on board with what the public wants or they watch their funding go away to other schools. Mm-hmm. That might be a good that might be a good thing. That might be a really good trade-off. Um, but it'd be great if we could get the schools to teach what they need to be teaching and uh, get away from some of this nonsense that we're seeing being taught. I don't think I need to elaborate on that. Okay. Well, I won't ask you to then. I, <laughs> I appreciate that. But I would like to comment on this idea of schools should not teach religion. Because I think a lot of people would go, uh-huh, uh-huh, and, and wag their heads, and that, that's right. If we go back into the history books, um, we find that public funding for religious teaching was actually instituted where one congregation, say one denomination of Christians, were being taxed and made to support another denomination that they didn't uh, exactly agree with. And they said, well, that violates our religious freedoms. We're paying for something that we don't believe in. Hmm. So that, that, you know, brings up a good point. But when it comes to schools and when it comes to education and when it comes to the definition of what is a religion, a religion is a system of beliefs. You show me the school that does not teach the kids a system of beliefs. Okay, the schools I, I... are, in fact a de facto teacher of a religious system. And it's a known religious system. Mm. By name, it's humanism. Everything they teach falls according to the principles and precepts 
and uh, the Humanist Manifesto, if you go out and read it, they teach everything according to that. So if they can teach the Humanist Manifesto and they can teach the Humanist religion, um, then why are we funding them if we don't believe in that? And there's a lot of us that don't. Interesting point, Dan. There's a lot of us that don't. So there's something to really think about and wrap your heads about around. Um, And that might be why the public schools have uh, become an infamous system in in the states where most of us are not humanists. Most of us do not believe in that. It's just kind of become socially acceptable because it's been taught in school for so many years. Dan, appreciate the call. Thank you very much. Hmm. 208-336-3700 is the number to call. Is this Rich? Rich is up next. Hi, Rich. Thanks for calling us on KBOI. I don't get get what that last guy was saying. Uh, In schools, I mean, they basically just try to, if they're teaching kids other than, you know, math and and all the subjects, they're kind of also trying to teach kids to be decent human beings. They're not teaching them, well, this one guy is your savior, this one isn't. They're just sort of teaching to be decent human beings. And if you want to call that humanism, I don't know. But I don't think this program, I mean, how do, how do, how do people get their kids to private schools? Don't you have to have the ability to drive them there and to pick them up? And a lot of working people just can't do that if they're both working. And the, but the main reason why is I've always been against it. It'll take money from public schools, and then uh, the people that can use that voucher, you know, then they'll pay tuition too, and they'll have real nice schools, and the public schools will just continue to downgrade. And another thing, public schools in Idaho are pretty damn good schools. Uh, Idaho public schools rank with the averages of most private schools around the country so it's not like that we're just having we have terrible schools either that's true you know i, I think this i think i think the system's working pretty good and i don't want to see because you start taking money from the public schools for vouchers then those people are, are going to that a lot of people are no longer going to want to support public schools through tax funding because uh, you know, it's not helping them again, or they're, you know, even just emotional support. There's going to be a lot of things that they're they're going to turn their support towards private schools, which uh, is better for the people who are the more well-off. Rich already. is against private vouchers or vouchers for private schools. Rich, i got to let you go so we can take a break here, but thank you very much. Number to call, 208-336-3700. Got a line open right now. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless or 1-800-529-KBOI, and you can jump in here today as well. Take a break. Be right back. KBOI News Time is 919. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 922, thanks for... Hanging out with us on News Talk KBOI, a snowy Wednesday morning. Today is March 1st. Mike Casper is out this week in Cancun, believe it or not. Chris Walton's here. I'm Rick Worthington, and we'll go to the phones. Chris, you're up first. Thanks for calling us this morning on News Talk KBOI. 
Chris, make sure you turn down your radio just a little bit so that we can uh, we can have this phone call. Yeah. All right, Chris, we're going to sort you out. I'm going to put you on hold, and we'll sort that out. Chris, you got to turn your radio down before you come on the air. Okay? We'll try this one more time. There. Yeah, go ahead. We're gonna we're gonna get you on oh. now because we had to turn you off there because your your radio was up too high. But you can start again. Go for oh, it, Chris. Okay. I have it off now. Okay, I just wanted to say that I moved here from Minnesota, and um, I never would have thought I would have put my kids in private school until I came here, and several reasons for it. First of all, I feel like the ultimate goal of education when you send your kids through the school system is to have them go to a good college to get a good education, get a good career, be productive citizens in this country. And um, I didn't feel like they got that here compared to Minnesota. And I put my kids in private school less than a year after being here. One thing I feel like what was wrong with the system here is I found out that they have very few books, and they're doing more by teacher lectures. So my child was sick. I I went in to get homework for her because she didn't know any of the students or anything. And they're like, well, it's just lecture. She has to get the notes from another child. So finally, after searching and searching, we found a child with the um, notes from the lecture, and they were awful. I didn't even know what the subject was. And... You know, I just don't feel like the teachers here in the public schools are um, monitoring the bullying. They're not. There's just so many things there's that they don't monitor. And I felt like putting my kids into a private school. They got a good education. They all got into good colleges. And they're all have wonderful jobs now. And I just don't know. I think that they need to have a round table or something and see what can we do different. Oh, and the class sizes. That's another thing. There's 34 students in one class. So I put my kids into a private school where there was 21. Hmm. All right. Well, Chris, I, I want to ask which schools, but I don't want to ask which school as well, you know? Um, right. Oh, well, they were very good schools, and that's we when we moved here, we chose because of the schools of where we were going to live. And you still didn't find that the kind no, of education we you were getting it was anywhere near what you were getting. No. At. By the way, you don't sound like you're from Minnesota. Minnesota. You don't sound like you're from Minnesota. Oh, I don't. <laughs> you need <laughs> to give me some more Minnesota. If I if I don't hear you say super at least once, I don't think you're from Minnesota. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, I've been here for several years and, you know, I love Idaho and I'm glad that I went the route I did so that it enabled our family to be able to stay here. That's I mean, you know, the problems they're having in Minnesota now. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much for the call no, today, Chris. Lucy. Okay. We appreciate okay. you. And you're welcome to call anytime. But I want to hear more Minnesota out of you. Yeah. Maybe she'll show up with a hot dish. <laughs> we got time for another one we have to take a break here ah, we'll take the break you guys that are on hold stay right there got one line open now 208-336-3700 talking about school vouchers somebody needs to make a another case for them here 
is taking public education dollars isn't super popular amongst folks. KBY News Time is 926. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Nine thirty-three. Glad you're with us on News Talk KBOI, along with Chris Walton. I'm Rick Worthington. Mike Casper will be back on Monday, and I do have a line open at two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon Wireless or 1-800-529-KBOI. We're talking about school vouchers, the argument for and the argument against. We're getting a little bit of both today. It's why I like this conversation, because I don't think this is a all Republicans feel one way or all Democrats feel another. I think Democrats are probably a little more unified on this particular subject than Republicans are, though. Democrats almost universally just say, put money into public education. Not all, but it's pretty close. But clearly not all Republicans are on the same page here because the Idaho Republican House voted for it. And as we said, Idaho senators said, no, we don't like this so much. As we said, while uh, a number of Republicans like the idea of the freedom to choose which schools your kids attend, Mm -hmm. there also are a number of Republicans who don't like the fact that the state would be laying out all this money. Well, it it does seem to be, for Republicans, not so much of do we want them to choose. It has a lot more to do with the money that's involved in it. Terry, you're up first. Thanks for holding on and waiting as long as you did. We appreciate it. Welcome. Thank you. Where are you at on this subject, Terry? Well, um... I have gone to private schools um, my entire life. My parents sent me to uh, church school, and uh, we always felt that we would be better off not to accept money from the government um, because, like I think I heard earlier, the government then would be dictating what the schools do. Never comes without Um, conditions, does it? No, no, it doesn't. Uh, however, I think that the reason there's now pushback against the government schools is it, it's kind of might be sort of like COVID where uh, the quality of the product doesn't matter. It's just that we can dictate it, and so you have to do it. And that's where I think the problem is, is uh, if they had a good product, um, like Rich was worried about, they were going to have the schools run down and everything. Well, put out a good product, do a good job in the public schools, and the government then can uh, be happy with the enrollment that they have. So, I, so that's my thing. I, in our case, I think it's reverse, uh, more of a reverse welfare system. We were paying for public schools and for private schools at the same time. Yeah. I see the point. Terry, thanks very much for the call. I appreciate you waiting as long as you did. It's a good point. You're being taxed, and a lot of your tax dollars are going to education, but then you're paying for private education on top of that. I have a question for you. You undoubtedly know some people who work for the government. In I do. Some, in some I form. do. How many of them have ever told you or indicated that they went into public service out of a desire to have other people do what they want. 
Yeah, it's a good point. A lot of them are doing it for the paycheck. I would say period. The better part of them are doing it for the paycheck, right? David, you're up next. Thanks for calling this morning on News Talk KBOI. How you doing, David? Oh, doing well, gentlemen. Thank you uh, for for giving us all a voice here. Uh, as a father with kids in school, I think uh, some people just aren't paying attention to uh, reality, and I think we're just denying reality where we're we're ripping our kids out of public school because the education is so bad. I know Chris was saying that the teachers uh, were lackluster and failing, and I I get that part of it, but I think a lot of it. You know, how well your kids do at home kind of kind of goes into how well they do at school and, and, and the and the ante of that is true. How well, you know, you as a parent you participate in your child's life, whether or not you help them at home and, and help them bridge those gaps where the teacher cannot, um, would be a big deciding factor of how well they do. And so if we just look at the the facts around why people want to pull their kids out of school, let's not change the system or let's not make it so that poor people have to suffer or or homeowners need to pay taxes i think there was something like um oh what is it uh 10 percent of all students in the united states go to public school that's what like five million kids or something you mean private and so uh yeah 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 yeah. so and and that's a huge chunk of money but when you look at the numbers for those kids that are going to private school, they're not doing that much better. I mean, here in Idaho, what, we're 30th for higher education? And and the kids in public schools, when it's on the uh, the SAT at 1,600, I think they're above, their scores are above by, you know, it's not a huge margin versus kids in public school. So if if we just, let's tell the truth about it. Let's, let's work on public schools and the system we have and try and repair the system we have, and we might be able to improve our, our children. Let's start at home. Parents, and I know a lot of parents are busy. They're tired. I mean, I, I've got to I've got to drag myself in there to read those boys' books, but I do it because I know it will just make their lives better. And I think a lot of folks probably don't have grandma or, or grandpa or some other sort, some type of help, but you've just got to do that to help your kids bridge that gap. I mean, we can throw money at this to the end of time, but unless we're honest about Kids, some kids that are nine are able to do calculus. Some kids that are nine aren't able to spell cat. So the system we have, we need to be honest. We need to stop graduating kids that can't balance a checkbook. And if we retool this system slightly, it would make it easier on the teachers, it would make it easier on the parents, and it would make it easier on the kids. Mm-hmm. But we've got you, – you follow where I'm going with sure. it? And I don't yeah. mean to double it, well, I, but I, the data says – you're talking about responsible parenting and responsible teaching and responsible spending, all of which we all like. We we like those things, my man. And I appreciate the call well, today. Yeah, love you guys. Thank you very much. We, we, we like them in theory. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Responsibility. I mean... You know, I understand. I understand the premise of being a responsible parent means you also know what's going on at your mm-hmm. child's school. And being a responsible well, teacher means you're not just teaching certain material, a, you're also bringing kids up to a degree i think there are parents who would prefer their child be in a charter school or a private school because they themselves can have more of a say as to what's going on than they can at a public school well i i don't know what the numbers would indicate on this but a lot of private school is religion based and 
if you're looking to give your child a religious education or just say Catholic school, you know, that's what you're doing. I know that, you know, BK is a great school. That would be the biggest network. BK is a great school. school. If, if that's, you know, where you want your child to go and have a Catholic background, totally get it. But at the same time, yeah, public education is still really, really important. All right. Who's next? I'm going to go to line four here because I understand this is someone who is also pro vouchers. Sally, thanks for calling today. How are you doing? Good. Thank you. Um, if our public schools were doing a fabulous job, I don't think we'd be having this discussion. But it, go ahead and look at, at your local public school and see what the numbers are. They're only The kids are 30% of the kids are up to grade level. Is that a, is, is that a, is that a good result? That's miserable. That's horrible. 30%? And these are the standards that our school has set. So competition makes things better. It always does. That's just the way of the world. And if schools were in competition for student dollars, they would get better. One of the things that's happened to government schools is that they spend, they have so much administration that's chasing federal government dollars that the administration piece gets larger and larger and larger. It used to be that teachers, we had more teachers than administrators, and that's not true anymore. Thank you and very much, Sally. Thanks so much for the call today. I, I, I think we, I think we get the, the path that you're on there. So I appreciate the call. Got a line open now at 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, I'm double checking. Sabrina is up next. Thanks for calling this morning, Sabrina. Appreciate you waiting. Good morning. What can we do for you today? Well, I guess my point is that public education is government education. And I think a lot of people forget that. Explain what that means, government education. Well, what's taught in the schools is what the government approves to be taught in the schools. Mm -hmm. Okay? So they want to train people to get out here and get a good job and make a lot of money so they're slaves uh, to pay taxes. (laughs) Anyways. As opposed to what? Well, being independent, the independent contractors. Well, I mean, isn't that, that's what private school does too. I mean, private school also teaches a a certain curriculum with the idea of getting kids out to make good money and, you know, have good jobs. Yeah. And, and support their financial system, paying unlawful income taxes, unconstitutional. Um, So that's besides that. That's another conversation. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's a big one. If we chose to have it. Yeah. (laughs) Keep keep going. Not all of us. Keep going, Sabrina. Uh, they are unconstitutional. So the other thing is, now the gentleman I spoke with that answered the phone, um, he has you know an opinion on this and stands on this. He doesn't even have kids, and he wants the government to raise our kids, not the parents. Like the parents don't know what's good for their kids. Not only that, then he brought up the fact of his race. And I said, I don't care what color you are. That is, means nothing to me. You know, that, that I don't, I'm not racist. 
I don't know why to well, you, you don't what, even have a child. What's important to you isn't what affects his life. But he doesn't have children. Yeah, so, he's in his 20s. Sorry, he doesn't he have doesn't them really yet. Know, he's just, yeah, he is not, he does not know what a parent knows innately, like a God-given gift when you become a parent. Which is what? That you know what's best for your child. So I don't agree with the government taking the parents out of the equation of raising children. Plus, look what the government's doing to us with all this COVID BS, you know, injecting poison into people. So I don't trust the government. They don't have what's best in mind for we the people. Mm -hmm. And we're all humans. They want to divide us by race, by sex, by if you're gay or trans or cis or what religion you are. And they want us fighting amongst ourselves, not looking at the people that are up top controlling it. Who is it you're talking about that wants all this stuff? Is it the elected officials? Well, I think they're controlled through their pocketbooks. So I don't know. Maybe we should ask that. By whom? Well, have you heard of the World Economic Forum and Agenda 2021 and Agenda 2030? Yeah, I've heard a lot of morons mention that. Okay, well, there's a, there is a uh, global faction that wants to run our world and tell us, there? as a sovereign nation, what to do. I don't agree with that. Okay. Yeah, Sabrina, we appreciate the call today. Thank you very much for listening to News Talk KBOI. You hear an echoing sound? Mm-mm. Well, I think I'm going to take a break here. That's what I'm going to do. KBOI News Time is 947. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It's 9.51. A couple of minutes left here in the program, so I'll take the time to get these calls. We started talking about vouchers there a minute ago, and then kind of went somewhere. But that's cool. You know, that's that's why we open up the phone lines you know, for you. That's why we allow you, you know, to, it, to chime in. You know, Bed Bath & Beyond? Mm-hmm. Some people shop in the Beyond section. <laughs> Walt. Bob is in Boise. Thanks for calling us this morning on News Talk KBOI. How are you, Bob? Doing fine. Thank Good. you. You gentlemen? Thank you. We're doing well. What can we do for you today, Bob? Well, I think I follow the topic. We're talking about the uh, education savings account. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My, each, each time I hear this term, I keep thinking, what's the difference? Why is it not the same as a medical savings account? Or you use your own money, in that case, to buy medical things instead of education, and you get a tax credit for it. Instead of using public funds, pay for somebody's choice to select a private school. I would choose with my medical savings account to pick a different brand of glasses if I needed them from uh, one store versus the other. It's a choice. Mm-hmm. So it's education. I I can think of some arguments against it, but I think the biggest is that you have to have a system in place that everybody can join. And if you take that money away from public education, that there aren't enough private institutions in order to 
educate everyone. And therefore, you have, you'd be dragging down private and public education at the same time. Well, I'm not sure I follow that. Uh, I pay for my medical insurance, but I can also have a medical savings account. I yes. can pay for public education, and I can also could also have an education savings account. And with that, I'd get an extra tax credit. I certainly see the I point that you're making. I would just try and I would just try to give you some 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 feedback or some pushback the other way. But Bob, I do see the point you're making. Thank you very much, Mark. Thanks for calling us this morning on News Talk KBOI. How are you, Mark? I'm doing fantastic and a great topic. It's a very difficult one to process and maybe never have an answer. But all I know is that all three of our children attended private school. It was our choice. We struggled financially, but we agreed to keep them in a private school because in the area in Southern California at the time, public schools were just not up to par what we thought. The test for us was when they graduated, went to college. All three of them, the different... They struggled very differently throughout the the curriculums that they faced. But all three of them told us that college was a joke. It was so easy. And a lot of their peers, who they told us attended public schools, struggled. Hmm. I don't know what the answer is, but to us, we did see in our home, even our son, who struggled with a lot of the curriculum, had to work really hard, aced college. I'll leave it with that. All right. Thank you very much, Mark. We appreciate the call. With just a minute left here in the program, I really do thank everybody that called in to chime in on this because I don't think I have an answer. I know how I feel as a parent. It's my job to make sure that my kids can get the best education they can with the tools that we have available to do it. Carol writes in and says, what are government schools? The Republicans have been in charge in Idaho for years. Our public schools have been underfunded for years. Yeah, I don't have I don't have a good answer. I can I can tell you that my choice was to put my kids initially when I came to town into a public school. I can tell you that my son graduated from high school and I'm not sure that he was ready for the workload that he was going to receive when he went to college. So my job now is to make choices based on what I've seen. I have little girls that are still coming up through elementary school, and I want them to be more prepared for college than maybe my son that already went through public education system is. Just choices, guys. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for joining us.